Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Wait. Wait just a second. Just wait. Just continue. There we go. Welcome, everyone. Good afternoon, everyone. I I was waiting for the clock to say 12 p.m. because it was saying 11.59 a.m. So I was going to say good morning, everyone. And I knew the second I said good morning, I knew it was going, the clock was going to change. And I would be saying good morning when in reality, it would be good afternoon. And I know you don't care, but I like you to know the exact time you're listening to this live broadcast, or if you're not listening to a live, I mean, if you're listening to a live broadcast, you know the exact time you're listening. That's a foolish thing to say. If you listen to this later, I want you to know the exact moment it was being recorded. It is now 12 p.m. Saturday, February the 12th, 2022. Uh, it, I've already said the time. It's 12 p.m. It's Saturday. It's February the 12th. It's 2022. And I'm coming to you live from the Empty Sanctuary of Victory Baptist Church located right here in Ovalo, Texas. So now everything is, is perfect. Everything is right. Not exactly. Because we have to answer kind of a bizarre question. A question that I, I didn't even think about. What a lot. What I love. One of the things I love. And, and maybe it's just my mind. I don't know if everyone else <laughs> thinks this way, but I literally every second of every day. And you think I'm exaggerating, but every second of every day, I find some interesting thing to think about, to talk about. I could just, I could literally just sit here with a microphone live on the, and just keep it live for 24 hours. And I could just go from one thing to another thing because I can always find something interesting to talk about. Always find something interesting to think about. My, my brain never stops working. So I just finished the last live broadcast. All right, we 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 completed our study on the theology of conscience, right? And I'm like, okay, that's done. Okay, what should I do next? And I have a list of things we need to do. And all of a sudden, I look down, and I get a notification from an for, for an article published at Crosswalk.com. Now, the art the title of the article is "What Is the Biggest Threat to Our Faith and Culture." today. And I'm like, whoa, okay. You know what I should do? I should just go live and we should discuss this article. I mean, what is the biggest threat to our faith and culture today? I I, want to know. I want to know what they think is the biggest threat to our faith and culture today. Now, immediately I found it interesting that they kind of brought faith and culture together. So whatever the biggest threat is to our faith that's the exact same threat to our culture. That, that, that's right there. We could just discuss that, right? So I'll just ask you, do you think the greatest threat to our faith is the exact same threat to our culture? Do you think the threat to the culture is the same as the threat to our faith? Or do you think that the culture faces a different threat than our faith does? I, I would, I think there's a part of me that would say that our faith faces different threats than the culture faces. That that there, There's almost a part of me that would want to distinguish them. So, so I found that interesting right there. So I'm like, let's talk about that. But I just looked down at the article just to make sure I at least have some idea where they were going. And then I saw something that the article takes this weird detour and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute here. Wait a minute here. 
is, is this correct? So this is going to be one of those podcasts where I, I, because I love to talk about things, but I love also the idea of turning on the microphone to say, here you go. Here you go. Here's the question. Here's the problem. You figure it out and email me at newsif at yahoo.com or talk about it in the Discord channel. Here you go. I also like to do that as well because I like to I like to have you use your mind. So I'm going to go through this article. We're not going to go through the whole thing because this thing takes a weird turn. And I'm still trying to figure out, is this, is this, is this accurate? Is it fair to say this? You'll see where we're going. So the article is entitled, What is the Biggest Threat to Our Faith and Culture Today? So this big threat threatens our faith and our culture. Okay, now let's continue. There is an attack on our faith that is so central, so foundational, that it that to threaten it is to threaten the very core of who we are as Christians. Okay, that, whoa, that's, now, I guess that's, this would be the same for culture because it goes after both concepts here, at least the title does. So let's go through, there's an attack on our faith right now that is so central, so foundational that to threaten it is to threaten the very core of who we are as Christians, the very There's a threat to the very core of who we are as Christians. It's an attack. It's happening. What is this attack? What what, what do you think it is? Truly, it goes even further. Not only does it attack the very core of who we are as Christians, it's an attack on Christ himself. I mean, we've got to figure out what this threat is. This sounds serious. This sounds serious. This threat is causing an erosion of both our faith and our culture. It's leading to the massive youth exodus from the faith that we have been discussing since episode one of my parenting podcast, Christian Parent Crazy World. So this person has a podcast called Christian Parent Crazy World. I've never listened to it. Maybe we'll have to review an episode. And that supposedly whatever is attacking our faith, it's the cause for the reason why so many young people are leaving the faith. This this attack is the reason. I mean, this attack explains everything. It's the, what's happening to our culture, what's happening to young people leaving the church. It destroys the very core of Christianity. It's an attack upon Christ himself. We've got to figure this out. I mean, this is like what they think is the big thing. Now, all of a sudden, they're going to pivot. They take a weird turn here, a very weird turn. They write, I'm going to leave you in suspense, though, as to what that threat is. First, I need to set the stage for the preeminence of this issue. So they're not going to tell us what the threat is. They're going to take a little detour and they're going to try to establish the, as they say, they're going to set the stage for the preeminence of this issue. All right, this is interesting. It's got my attention, right? Because I want to know what the threat is. What is the threat? I mean, it's coming after everything. I mean, man, we've got to figure this out. But they're going to leave us in suspense. And then we get this, the next little bit here is just so like, wait, what is going on here? Here we go. Over a decade ago, I was doing a course through my church from Focus on the Family. 
It was a 12-part series that digs into the most central issues of our faith. In the very first episode, the professor, Dr. Dell Tackett, walks into a classroom of about three dozen students and asks this question. Why did Jesus come into the world? Why did Jesus come into the world? What would you, how would you answer that question? Why did Jesus come into the world? Now, let me ask you, is it a singular reason? Or were there a plurality of reasons? Is it even a a fair question to say, why did Jesus come into the world? If you're only looking for one answer, maybe there is only one answer. What is the singular reason Jesus came into this world? Now, now remember, this is an article about there's a great threat. There's a great threat to Christianity. I've often, I, I, I'm just going to throw this in here. I've often said that one of the, the, the greatest threat to Christianity is Christianity itself. It's the political hijacking of Christianity. It's the false teaching that comes from within Christianity. But, but they've got, they think that there's a threat. But for some weird reason, they're going to set the stage to talk about this threat by trying to first ask this question. Why did Jesus come into the world? I almost want to stop the podcast right there. I almost want to just stop right now and just say, okay, everyone send me your answers. All right, everyone, everyone in the, uh, and, and I do want everyone in the Discord, uh, the Theology Central Discord channel, I do want you to just post like right now, like if you, even if you're not listening to it live, whenever you listen to this, just just stop and then go post in the channel. I'm listening, I'm pausing. Here's what I think the answer is. Jesus came into the world for this reason or argue that you believe it it's not able to be answered in a with a single reason it requires a plurality of reasons and then list all of the reasons what are they going to say this is a very important question especially if you are a christian some of the answers from the class were here are some of the answers given to given to in this set, this classroom setting that was a part of this video series from Focus on the Family that was over a decade ago. All right, here we go. Here are some of the answers that were given to by the class. Number one, to redeem us. Number two, to save us. Number three, to set us free. Number four, to become the sacrifice for our sin. Number five, to conquer death and Satan. Number six, to reconcile us to the Father. Do you think any one of those is the answer? Do you think all of them should be a part of the answer? Why did Jesus come into the world? Now, here's what caught my attention. Look at the very next line here. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm holding up my iPad like I want to just show you. I want to I put it right there in your face. Read it. Read it. Read what it says. Here is the exact words. And I quote, these are all great answers. And they're all wrong. Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so I'm reading a Christian article that's trying to tell me the greatest threat to our faith, that they're going to tell me what, what they're going to identify what the greatest threat is to our faith. 
And they just told me that Jesus did not, that, that if I say that Jesus came into the world to redeem us, to save us, to set us free, to become the sacrifice for our sin, to, to conquer death and Satan, and to reconcile our Father, that these are all great answers, but they're all wrong. What? Then they kind of backtrack a little bit. All right. Uh, okay. Now, oh, this is good. This is good. All right. This is good. Because someone listening just posted a verse. I, li- I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this. All right. And, and you'll see why. They, they posted John chapter 6, verse 38. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. No, that seems to be clear, right? Jesus came into the world to do the will of the Father. All right, that that sounds good. Does that does that answer it? Now, in some ways it could because then anything that's a part of God's will would be the answer, right? So he came to do the will. What's the will of the Father? Well, he wanted this done, this done, and this done, and this done. So then that would all, you could, you could kind of use it as a summary verse. All right, but they're saying it's all wrong. Here we go. They, they, they backtrack just a little bit and they say this, to be clear, Jesus certainly accomplished all of those things by coming to the earth, but this is not why he came. So Jesus came to the earth. He did redeem us. He did save us. He did set us free. He did become the sacrifice for sin. He did conquer death and Satan. He did reconcile us to the father, but that's not why he came. Those are just things he happened to do. It's not why he came. They go on to say, it was not his primary purpose. All right, so they're claiming that this was, that his primary purpose wasn't to redeem us. His primary purpose wasn't to save us. <laughs> Whoa. Now, again, I, I'm still trying to figure out what the greatest threat to Christianity is. I, I, I may, <laughs> I almost want to email this person back. I think possibly your article may be the greatest threat. To, okay, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But I am a little concerned here. I'm a little concerned here. All right, here we go. Here we go. What was Jesus' primary purpose for coming into the world? Now, someone listening gave me John 6. They are saying, nope, it's not John chapter 6. The answer is found in John chapter 18. Jesus answers the question of the ages. Why did he come? He says, John 18, verse 37. For this reason, I was born and I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The reason Jesus came into the world was to testify to the truth. Truth was Christ's primary purpose for coming into the world. They're arguing that the main, the main reason Jesus came was to testify to the truth. That was his purpose. His primary purpose was just to come and say, I'm here to testify to the truth. Now, I do agree that John 18, 37 exists in the Bible. I do believe Jesus said those words. But you're telling me there's no other verses to talk about Jesus came into the world? I mean... 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Well, if God sent, gave his son, he gave his son obviously in a way would obviously to die as a sacrifice so that we could be saved. Would that not be a purpose? Would that not be a primary purpose? Now, what I would challenge you to do is look up every scripture that you think you can find that would talk about the reason I came, the reason I came into the world. The son of man came to... Did he not come to seek and to save that which was lost? It doesn't, is there not a Bible verse that says Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost? Or, or am I missing something? Did, is there a Bible verse saying that he came to serve and not, and not to be served? I mean, I mean, isn't there a number of verses that talk about the reason Jesus came? I mean, can you summarize it in just one? Is this one of those situations where, oh, I got, look at this. Everyone's going to give these answers, but I found a verse that gives a different answer. So I'm going to be provocative and say the reason Jesus came is not for all of these other reasons, which seem to also have verses that would similarly say, seem to imply that that's the reason he came. But I'm going to focus on this one and say that this verse is the reason he came and ignore John 6, 38, which says, for I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of of him who sent me. That seems to imply why he came, right? I'm having having a difficult time. I mean, could we not argue that Jesus being the Jewish Messiah would also be coming to fulfill prophecy? That Can we just reduce it to John 18, 37? Can we just reduce it to John 1837? Is that, is that really a good biblical way of handling such a broad subject? I mean, the subject is big. Why did Jesus come? Don't I have to look at all the biblical information? They went to John 1837 and said all the other things Jesus just accomplished, but wasn't his primary purpose. Now, the reason they go with John 1837 is because now I, I bet you know what the greatest threat is. Now, now you know what the greatest threat is. Here we go. You see, truth has been on trial since the beginning, since the garden, since that sly snake said, did God really say? Jesus came to set the record straight. The snake challenged the word of God, the instructions that he gave to Adam in the garden about what is right and wrong. So the word of God became flesh. Jesus is the word of God in human form and his primary purpose for coming to earth was to crush the lies of the enemy by testifying to the truth. So the primary purpose he came was simply to crush the lies of the enemy and testify to the truth. That's why he came. He just came. Hey guys, I'm here for one reason. Crush the lies of the enemy and testify to the truth. And while I'm doing that, well, secondarily, I'll, I'll, I'll be a sacrifice. And secondarily, I'll try to reconcile you to the, to the fall. I, I, can we, is that a, is there, do we make it primary, secondary? Is that even a correct way of, of, of speaking about this subject? Here we go. They're going to continue. And now you're going to see exactly what the greatest threat is. I, I think you've probably already figured out what the greatest threat is, supposedly. But why was Christ's primary purpose, uh, why was Christ's primary purpose truth and all, not all that other good stuff? I answered the critical question in the latest episode of Christian Parent Crazy World. So clearly this article is really written to try to promote their, uh, their podcast, which is actually pretty brilliant, right? A, 
a uh, a very provocative article and then m- mention your podcast multiple times. Okay, I'm not you know I'm not good at marketing, so that's probably a good idea. All right, but here we go. I also examine what our culture believes about objective truth and how those beliefs are mirrored in the church. Then I offer seven attributes of truth that every believer needs to know. I will highlight some of these vital points in this article. So the greatest threat to our faith and culture is the attack upon truth. All right. I, I think, I think there's, you, you could make some very valid points there and arguments there about that. But I'm hung up on this first part. Now, now and immediately the, the author now goes through all these different things about truth, right? All these uh, concepts of truth, purpose of truth. All right. Very good. These attributes of truth. Very good. And there was a part of me that could have been like, you know, we'll just do like a devotional study on truth using this article as our guide. But I can't do that because I can't get past this real concept. Why did Jesus come to earth? Why did he come? So let's just do this. Let's play this game. Let's do this. Will's given us one verse. This person's given a different verse. Both verses are true. So again, do you say that this was the single purpose? Let's just play this game. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to go to Google and I'm going to simply put why did Jesus, why did Jesus come to earth? All right. Um, let's see here. Why did Jesus come to this earth? I'm just going to go to the very first article that, that, that shows up. The very first one. Why Jesus came to this earth? All right. Uh, before Jesus took upon himself flesh and blood, he existed eternally in heaven with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. All three members of the Godhead were present at the creation of the material universe. However, to fulfill God's plan to save man from sin, Jesus made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of man, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to the death of the cross. Yes, Jesus came to this earth for the express purpose of shedding his precious blood on the cross to provide forgiveness of sins. So they're saying his express purpose was to shed his blood. This is fascinating to me. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, it's fascinating, but it drives me crazy. It's like, can, I, I always joke that you can say anything and Christians, there, there, there'll, be some kind of, there'll be some kind of disagreement. So we got article one. No, the primary purpose Jesus came to this earth, the primary reason Jesus came to this earth, the primary purpose for Jesus coming to this earth was to crush the lies of Satan and to testify to the truth. He came to testify to the truth. That's his reason. I immediately go to Google and I have another Christian going, no, his express purpose was to shed his blood. And then I have someone listening who quotes John 6, 38, who says, no, he came to do the will of the father. Now you could argue again. I think John six thirty eight in some ways is 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 clever because no matter what else we we list, John six thirty eight would summarize it because all of those things would be a part of the will of the Father, right? But I just I, so there's that one. Let's go back. 
It's just funny, like, can Christians agree on anything? Now, oh, this is, this one's even better. I love this one. Why did Jesus come into the world? This is the second one that shows up on Google. Oh, oh, this is hilarious. Okay. All right. So this one is, why did Jesus come into the world? 12 reasons. Then I go down just two articles, 31 reasons why Christ came. And then, so I've got 12 I've got 31. I've got one. <laughs> okay. Piper, uh, Piper has an article from uh, 98. Lots of verses that give reasons. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I have Piper's uh, right here. I think it's going to show up here too. There. Yeah. From 1998. I think I've got it right here. All right. So, okay, good. Post it to the discord group. Thank you. So I just find it interesting that I start looking it up and I'm getting like one reason, this reason, no, this reason, 31 reasons, 12 reasons, 655. No, okay. I'm joking now, but okay. I'm going to go to the next one. I'm going to do these 12 reasons. Okay. This comes from a Baptist church, uh, Allendale Baptist church, connect, grow, share. Why did Jesus come into the world? All 12 reasons. If Jesus was God, why did he come to the earth in the first place? This is an important question. Thankfully, Jesus answered the question in 12 different ways in the Gospels. Here's a list of every reason Jesus gave as to why he came into the world. All right, here we go. Number one, Jesus came to fulfill the law. Matthew 5, 17, do not think that I've come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. That's Jesus saying that he came to fulfill the law. Praise God he came to fulfill the law. If all he came to do was testify to the truth, I'm in trouble because the truth condemns me. I need someone to come to fulfill the law because I won't fulfill the law, but he fulfills the law and therefore his fulfillment of the law is imputed to my account. I'm good to go. So there's Matthew 5, 17. Number two, do not think that I've come to give peace on earth. No, I tell you, but rather division. Jesus came to divide. Matthew 10, 34, do not think that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Well, that seems to be speaking about, well, why Jesus came. Remember the other article said, no, all of those, he did all of those other things, but his primary reason was this one. Well, yeah, is it interesting that the primary reason you picked out happened to be the one you needed for your argument that you're going to make that truth is the attack on truth is the greatest threat to our faith and to our culture? It just seems like you're picking a verse that fits your already preconceived idea or for your purpose. We don't go to the Bible to find a verse that will help us write our article, we we need all the, see, I would think one of the greatest threats to our faith is people not, is mishandling the word of God, right? right? Rightly divide the word of truth. You don't just say this verse right here. This is it. This is why Jesus came. All those other reasons, that's a wrong answer. This is the reason he came. Well, wait a minute. How about we look at the ent- entirety of scripture? This is just hilarious to me. Number three, Jesus came to call sinners. Mark 2, 17. Those who were well those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I um, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. They have a typo there. It says I-L, I-L, I-L came not, I came uh, to, uh, not to call the righteous, but sinners. 
Luke 5.32, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Again, they're, they're looking for the verses that seem to say, I came for this. I, I came to do this. Well, wouldn't that be important in answering the question? Right? Jesus came to call sinners. Uh, number four, Jesus came to serve and to give his life. Mark 10.45, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mark 10.45. Mark 10.45 is, is, I have an interesting history with that verse. I was a brand new Christian, young Christian. And right here, I, I'm in Bo- Ovalo. If I, if I head south uh, and go back, I'll run into Tuscola, Texas. It's about two miles from here. And right at the rail, rail, railroad tracks, when you go, when you're leaving Tuscola, Texas, or if you're, in, uh, well, leaving Tuscola, because that's usually when I saw it, there was a bill, there was a billboard right next to the railroad tracks. And it had Mark 10, 45 on the billboard. It had a Mark 10, 45 on the bo- billboard. And I was a young Christian and I kept reading and reading that verse going like, let's see. So Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. So I'm like, if Jesus came to serve, then how are we supposed to serve others? Like, how, how does Christianity serve others? And I never, I don't know, I don't know if to this day I have a good, good answer because I think sometimes we don't, I don't, I think we sometimes look at Christianity about serving us and we don't look at Christianity as an obligation to serve others. But that, that's a whole different podcast, but there you go. Just for some reason that I, I'll never forget the billboard. It just had a profound impact on me. Every day I saw it, I'm like, did I serve anybody today? Jesus came to serve me. Did I serve anybody? So, um, and I, I don't think I ever had a good answer. All right, number five, Jesus came to proclaim good news. Luke 4, 18 through 19. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovering sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now that comes from Isaiah. Now that's Jesus referencing the Old Testament saying why he was coming. But the article that we read just literally just ignored all of this he came to crush the lies of Satan, testify to the truth. He may have done other things, but this was his primary reason. But Jesus right here says he came to do, oh, well, to proclaim the good news and to, to set at liberty those who are captive, to recover the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Number six, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Luke 19.10, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Number seven, Jesus came that the world might be saved. John 3, 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Clearly, he was, he was sent into the world to save people. I mean, that, that's right there. Number eight, Jesus came to the, do the Father's will and to keep and save and resurrect believers. John 6, 38 through 40. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who hath sent me. And this is the will of him that sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my father, that everyone who looks up, looks onto the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. That's John 6, 38 through 40. Now, if you listen to our discussion yesterday, I love how all of our podcasts sometimes interlink and they connect. We talked about this sermon that seemed to say that not all Christians are going to go to heaven. Uh, only those who do the will of the Father will be saved. Well, what is the will of the Father? 
And th- uh, for this is the will of my father, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. The will of the father is for you to believe on the son. The, the, yes, you won't be saved if, if you don't do the will of the father, but the will of the father that's required for salvation is to believe on the son. It's not, I've got to do the will of the father, which is follow all of the commandments because I can never do that. So just, just, just to connect that. Number nine, uh, Jesus came for judgment. John nine thirty nine. Jesus said, for judgment, I came into this world that those who do not see, see may see and those who see may become blind. Number 10, Jesus came to give abundant life. The thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Number 11, Jesus came to, to so believers may not remain in darkness. John 12, 46, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. And then number 12, Jesus came to bear witness to the truth. John 18, 37, then Pilate said to him, so you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose, I was born. And for this purpose, I've come into the world to bear witness to the truth for uh, to everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. All right. And then it goes on to say, note, the list contains every reason Jesus gave as to why he came to the earth that we see in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Scripture passages from other books of the Bible besides the gospel give more reasons for why Jesus came into the world. And they give a link to another article that provides 20, uh, or uh, I don't know how many, I'd have to look. Uh, I I was getting ready to count them and I'm not. Uh, Seems to give a lot more reasons why Jesus came. Now, is that not a more, wait for it, truthful explanation? to why Jesus came into the world. But in an article that wants me to understand that the greatest threat to our faith is an attack upon truth did not give me a truthful understanding of why Jesus came to the earth. Do you not see the irony in that? Hey, that's posted on a very well-known Christian website. That person has a Christian podcast. I'm not familiar with the podcast, but I bet you if I do a little research, I bet you it's far more popular than my podcast. I bet you it's far more popular than my podcast. So that means there's probably, there's a a lot of people listen to this podcast. So anyone that's more popular means, I mean, we're in the top 10%. That means we rank higher than over 2 million podcasts. So we rank relatively high. I guarantee you that podcast will rank even higher. So that means there are a lot of people who listen to them. And they just told everyone the primary reason Jesus came. He may have done these other things, but the real reason he came, one singular reason was to testify to the truth. And the reason they want us to understand that is because the greatest threat to your faith is the attack upon upon objective truth. But isn't it objectively true that Jesus came For many reasons, he came to do many things and to reduce it to one is an attack upon the truth of scripture. Is that not ironic? I'm not saying it's an intentional intentional attack. I'm not saying it's a malicious attack, but it's a, a sloppy attempt to come up with a provocative, ooh, everyone's going to say Jesus came for this reason and this reason. And I, look, I know this. Look, I, I'm a podcaster. I've, I've preached way for way, 
way too many years not to understand this concept. You know that you've got that, that opening, those opening words in your podcast. Look, I know this. If, if I, if I, if, if I start the podcast with something really provocative, something really like, whoa, wait, what did he say? I, there's a greater chance YouTube will show me exactly how some, how long someone listens, right? And some other, I, there's some other uh, ways to get, uh, statistics and analytics that shows shows me when someone stops listening. And I know if I go with something provocative at the start, I may keep them listening to the end. If I don't, they may only listen for a couple of minutes and stop. Now that's discouraging. So I try not to look at those statistics because I know I'll fall into that trap, right? I'll know I'll talk like, Ooh, I need something provocative. I need something. I gotta, I gotta get their attention. Well, that works in a secular podcast. That may work for a movie. That may work for a storyline and a novel. But it doesn't work for teaching Bible because you don't go into teaching Bible where you got to come some catchy way to keep people's attention because that usually means compromising biblical truth. So this person wrote an article saying, hey, the greatest threat to your faith is people attacking truth. And so then established a truth that's not actually true and really ignored the actual truth of Scripture. Jesus came for many reasons, according to Jesus. (laughs) If anyone knows why he came, it has to be Jesus. So if over and over he says, I came to do this, I came to do this, I came to do this, the only logical explanation would be he came for multiple reasons. (laughs) It's just absolutely absurd that an article warning us about the greatest attack upon uh, the greatest threat to our faith is the attack upon truth is an article that demonstrates a lack of truth and giving us information about why Jesus came to the earth. That's just, uh, that's absurd. That That's ridiculous. And I almost want to write the person and go, do you realize you uh, utterly did not accurately represent this? I don't know if I even give an email back. I probably would be ignored. Uh, because they're 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 probably a, a somebody and I'm a nobody and, and typically somebodies don't listen to nobodies. I, I've I've watched this happen way too many times. I'm a nobody, and I've 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 emailed pastors and ministries and typically ignored, 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 ignored. They don't care, um, and, and it's very frustrating. But it's just it just it just demonstrates that when you read something, you got to stop and think about it, right? You read something from a Christian website, a Christian book, or hearing a sermon. You got to stop and think because how many people will read that article and then they're, and then guess what? They're on social media saying, Hey guys, why did Jesus come to the earth? Well, you're all wrong because here's the reason he came. Uh, look at me. I've got something provocative. I got, and no, that, that, that person seemed too interested in trying to find some provocative way to start their article to keep me reading it all. The only problem is. It created a false idea. It created a false understanding that's not biblically accurate. If I go through every reason Jesus gave in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and, Luke and John, I don't end up with one. I, I th- if that article is accurate, now that article says every reason Jesus gave, I'd have to go look them all up to verify that there's not others. But let's say there's a, at a minimum of 12 reasons Jesus gave a minimum. And that doesn't even count other, that doesn't count the epistles. That doesn't count the rest of the New Testament. It, it just 
so disingenuous and so un, and not inaccurate and so just not correct. Uh, I, I was going to do, I was going to try to leave it for you to do. And then I ended up doing it myself because I, I was afraid that I, if I, here's what I was fearful of. If I didn't at least try to work this out, that some people would just stop listening and not even care. And so I, even if you don't care, I want you to at least walk away knowing that that article is not completely accurate and it's misrepresenting the, the, the truth. The truth is Jesus came for a plurality of reasons and all of the reasons he came are wonderful and great. And we need, we need everything he did. We don't just need one thing. We need it. I'm glad he came to testify to the truth. I'm glad as they said, he came to crush the lies of Satan. I'm glad he did that. But I'm also glad he came to fulfill the law. Because if he didn't fulfill the law, I'm in a whole lot of trouble because I can't. I'm glad he also came to die for my sins. I'm, I'm glad he came to seek and to save that which was lost. I'm glad he came to do the will of the Father. I, I'm, and there's so many other things that, that we could talk about. So there you have it. I know it really wasn't, uh, this wasn't even on my list of, of things to do today, but uh, well, that's what happens. I, I got, I think one more thing we need to try to do. Um, oh, I'm, I'm getting, I got comments on YouTube that I need to address. Oh, there's so many other things I need to do. But I think we're going to do one other thing. I just, I've got to go, I got to add something to the theologycentral.net blog. I'm going to, I'm going to get that loaded and then I'll, I'll come back on here in a minute and do a broadcast just to let everyone know this resource is available. And we are patiently waiting for the update to drop for the Sermon Audio app. I don't know when it's going to drop. They told me that it could be this week. Maybe it's going to be Monday because we were, I was doing the Christian, you know, spotlight on different podcasts and um, I, I still want to continue to do that. But there's, there's some things I want to see if, if basically Sermon Audio becomes basically like a podcast app and where everyone, you don't have to pay. Everyone could just subscribe to their favorite broadcasters and get notified when new content is added. Um, and because then we can pick some of the best broadcasters on Sermon Audio and just view them as a podcast. Uh, and many of them are already available on other platforms as well. But So we got a lot of things to talk about. And then tomorrow, uh, Victory Baptist Church, we're going to go back to uh, that passage in 1 Corinthians. We we're really going to, uh, I, I, I re man, there's so much we need to work on there and we need to bring that to a conclusion. So we have a lot to do. And, and we'll see how tomorrow plays out. But I'll be, I'm going to go embed something on the Theology Central blog. Once it's embedded, I'll come in and just briefly mention it, briefly talk about it, and then I'm going to go home and get some food because I am starving. All right, so we'll get that all set up here in just a few minutes, and we'll be back. Hey, Will, thanks for being a part of all the live broadcasts today. That's always uh, beneficial and uh, helpful. And uh, and thank you for posting that in the Discord group. And if anybody's listening and want to be a part of the Discord group, email me, newsif at yahoo.com. I'll send you a link. You're free to be a part of it. Now, if you're coming there just to argue and debate, it's really just, it's, it's a place where we can just have, you know, meaningful discussions, biblical discussions, and talk about the things that we're studying here on the podcast and try to encourage and exhort one another, not just argue. And it, it doesn't mean you can't present a different perspective. It just means how everyone conducts themselves. And so far, it's been wonderful and great and encouraging. So if there's anyone else who, who has the right kind of mindset to be a part of it, then by all means, um, we invite you to be a part of that. All right, we'll stop right there. I'll get this all set up and then we'll be back on the air here shortly. Thanks for listening. God bless.